Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We're coming to you tonight, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. Joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you today? I am doing quite well, and hey, everybody, it's been a little while, but I'm glad to be on here. It is. It is always good to have you back. Um, Ray is not going to be able to join us today. He is um, on a mission for the rebellion and will be um, detained for some time. Uh, hopefully, he is avoiding any imperial entanglements at the moment. No, uh, I, but- I believe he has some imperial entanglements, and it's called the wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh also joining us today a very special guest um he actually was the very first guest i had on war of the stars and actually was also a one of my co-hosts for uh quite a while um please welcome back mr brian miller brian going? how are you today I'm, I'm doing good man and uh i like uh I, like i said earlier i didn't know i was your first I believe so. I believe you were, it was, yeah, I believe you were one of the first nice. people that I asked other than um, the uh, everyone that was part of, that would become part of Realm of the Mist. But yeah, you were one of the first guy, people outside of that group that I asked to be on. Gosh, that was a long time ago. Three years ago in May. Um, God. Little plug, we will be doing a anniversary show then. Um not sure what I got planned for it, but I'm working on stuff. Also, uh, since we're talking about that, um, to kind of whet your guys' appetites, we have some big things planned for the upcoming months here at War of the Stars. Um, don't want to get into too many details because uh, we I still got to work out, work out some stuff, and I want to make sure before I make any official official announcements that. All my ducks are in a row, uh, or all my wampas are in a row, <laughs> and that everything is set before I um, make any official announcement. But we have some pretty big, big things planned here um, for 2020 at War of the Stars. So before we get into our main topic, uh, we were just kind of hit on this early earlier off uh off mic, um, some of the stuff that has come out with the novelization of uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And one of them that I wanted to talk to, and uh, Joe kind of hit on it earlier, but I uh, want to get your, especially your input, uh, Brian, since you are the canon master here. Uh, the first one is the revelation, if you want to call it that, that that the Palpatine that we saw was in fact a clone. Now, was that something that came as a surprise to you or was that kind of like, yeah, yeah, I kind of figured. I, I, I guess, of, I guess going first off, can you hear me? All right. Yeah. I can okay. I was, I was just making sure before we get too much further. Uh, no, I guess going into episode nine, I, I kind of figured that's what it was going to end up being. Cause we all saw him go down the big hole and go boom. And, uh, yeah, you know, even in the, in the old legend stuff in the EU, he was a clone. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and and whatnot, and and so I kind of wa- went into it, kind of figuring that's what it was going to be. But I remember we walked out of episode nine that night, and I was like, I mean, and me and Kirsty argued all the way home about the movie because I because I didn't like it, and she loved it, and then I ended up pointing mm-hmm. some stuff out to her, and the more I, we talked about it, the more she hated it, and it was <laughs> it, one of the things was she kept trying to defend everything, and I was like, okay, then explain this to me. How did the Emperor survive? And she just kind of stopped and looked at me for a minute, like, oh, I have no freaking idea. So now that the, this excerpt has come out for the novel and that he was indeed a clone, I, I, it, it makes mm-hmm. sense that he, that he is. And it's, but I feel like you know that's yeah. something that should have been addressed in the film. It should have been explicitly said that he was a clone. Yeah. You know, the only yeah. other time we had clones mentioned was in this trilogy was Force Awakens when Kylo makes the comment, perhaps Leader Snoke should consider using a clone army. So we knew um, cloning was yeah. a thing, but it was it was one of those things where, you know, it was kind of 
off-putting to see how much different he looked. And, you know, now with the explanation that it, his, his clone body is kind of impure and it's not strong enough to withstand his spirit, it makes sense that it mm-hmm. was all decrepit and kind of decaying and, and, and whatnot around it. But it, it would have just been nice to have that in the film as an explanation. Yeah. You know, just just a backdrop on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just something. Anything, you know. Yeah, it just, just yeah, have, even, a, have a, uh, a Kevin yeah. Owen in the background, like monitoring his vital signs or something with a big cloning patch on his shoulder or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, just anything. Yeah, something that we, we kind of Or all, you, you could have fixed it with one shot, a wall that looks like Iron Man armor cases, but all of them with a, an Emperor clone in it. And that right there would have explained mm. everything. Uh, a four-second mm-hmm. shot could have fixed the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been yeah, that would have been. But I the other thing, <laughs> yeah, the other one is one that I heard. Um, I was listening to a uh, a YouTuber the other day, and talking about this. It's a line in the novel that where he talks about. It's the scene where Ray he's trying to get Ray to strike him down. And Ray doesn't do it. And Ray makes the com or the Emperor makes the comment about um, that something about to the effect of he's just like his you're just like Luke. And that Luke was going to, you know, Luke was almost going to strike him down until his father intervened. Mm-hmm. And he kind of took that to mean that. Because we always think that that or he's because he says the same line to Luke as he does to Ray in Return of the Jedi. He says the line, strike me down, strike me down with all your hate. Mm-hmm. And then they as he goes to strike him down, that's when Vader turns and blocks Luke's lightsaber from from the emperor mm-hmm. and he said he kind of he kind of surmised from from the reading that that line in that in the in the novel that the whole time that we've been thinking that vader was trying to protect the emperor he, he believes he wasn't he believes he was trying to protect luke mm-hmm. because what he thinks luke the emperor was trying to do was the same thing he was trying to do with ray mm-hmm. that he was trying to get a younger vessel to put his essence in. Oh, you can't say that without sounding pervy. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no way <laughs> to talk about this situation without coming off with like rapey vibes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it is interesting concept to think of that even at that point, a little bit of Anakin was trying starting to seep through. Mm. And that he, you know, he might have known exactly what the emperor was planning to transfer his essence into Luke, and that whether consciously or subconsciously, he saved his son mm-hmm. at that moment. I mean, it's kind of interesting to think of to, to think about that. You know, of like at one point, what point did did Anakin start to come out during that? The entire time in canon since Vader found out that Luke was his son, with an exception of the battle on Cloud City, you know, when he lops his hand off. I mean, Vader was always very, I don't want to say fatherly to Luke, but he tried to be, you know, and, and whenever he yeah. was reaching out to him, you know, he was just calm, Luke, you know, just in, even in Return of the Jedi, when Luke's trying to turn him before he takes him to the Emperor, it, Vader's very civil with him, you know, and yeah, it, it's yeah. too late, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I always I always love that line because it was because he said it's too late for me. It was almost yeah, like he knew this is I'm I'm giving you a sh- like almost like he was sub- trying to subconsciously give him a chance. Like mm-hmm. like hey, I'm giving you a chance. It's too late for me. It's not too late for you. You can still go out and live your life, but right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Andy. I think that on some kind of level, Vader really did try to uh, save Luke from his fate. Because think about it, Vader knew he was the victim, and, and that he mm-hmm. was manipulated into the dark side. He knew that, 
from episode yeah. three. He he knew that he was manipulated the whole time. And even when you read the the, the second Vader run, that second twenty five issue run, he knew that he was tricked into it, and that he was the mm-hmm. victim and and whatnot. So it's it's one of those things where I. Was Vader ever really fully Vader? I mean, I, I know he did Vader things, and he, you know, mowed down rebels and, and younglings and whatnot, but was he ever really, truly fully gone? Because even when he was fighting Ahsoka and rebels, you know, and he turns and he's like, Ahsoka, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? And and she almost did it. She almost did it. Yeah. I well, think the closest... Listen to all this rebel propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> We can turn him if we try. <laughs> this is a hero of the Empire. Come on. You can't beat him. Turn him. <laughs> I think the closest that he came that we saw to him being truly dark side was when he was fighting Obi-Wan on Mustafar. Yeah. I think that's the closest we saw to him just going straight dark side evil. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, those beautiful eyes. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mustafar really pulled that color out, didn't it? I yeah, know, it, right? it was great. <laughs> Yellow and, and evil and bring order. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, going back to the Emperor, like he, he, uh, you know, they, with this new canon thing, they've really focused a lot on from a certain point of view. And. Mm. You know, not everything that they actually say in canon is necessarily the truth. Even in Rebels, mm. when you had, for spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched Rebels, uh, fast forward 10 seconds, when Obi-Wan kills Maul, and Maul yeah. says, is it the chosen one that you're guarding? And Obi-Wan says, he is. You know, from Obi-Wan's point of view, Luke was the chosen one, not Anakin. Yeah. So everything is really from a certain point of view. And even with the Emperor, you know, I could he came out oh, I was just Vader protecting his son. You know, like something along those lines. It could yeah. be that also, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see now that the and we talked about we kind of hit on this last week a little bit. It's gonna be interesting now that the Skywalker saga is over. <clears throat> as they go back and kind of fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what the new new canon has to say about these about these instances throughout, you know, Star Wars history that have happened and kind of give new spin to them. Um so, uh, so I don't know, it's kind of going to be I, I'm looking forward to seeing what what they have to say and what everything um that will come out of, of all this is. So yeah, well keep in mind there's still twenty years that hasn't been covered at all. Uh that's right. You know, between the last shot novel, which was I think five years after Return of the Jedi, and uh Bloodline, which is I think five years before <laughs> Force Awakens, there's like a twenty year gap there. I mean there's some stuff in there, but nothing around our heroes, you know what I mean? Nothing that's really Yeah. Uh galaxy shattering with Han Luke or Leia, Chewie, Lando, the droids, you know, there's nothing in there. so there's a huge gap there that they could still do something with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And definitely. I think if we want to see it on screen, where we're going to get a lot of this is going to be with uh, the Obi-Wan series. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. They're going to go all out with that. Um, oh, I am so looking forward to that. Um, and I don't know. I'm sure you've heard, heard it already, um, Brian. But what do you think of so far the the working title that they have? For, for Obi-Wan? the Obi Wan series, what was it uh, Pilgrim? Was that what it was? Uh, I yeah. heard P- no. I, I oh really? See, I heard it was called Rule of Two. Rule of Two. Uh, I I heard it was Pilgrim. Either way, uh, Pilgrim? It, it's just a working. Yeah. Title. Pilgrim's the one I heard. I think Ray and I touched on that when we did kind of the news show mm-hmm. episode. Okay. Back. I, and uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor would, had said it was according to the article had said Pilgrim. I like Pilgrim better. better. Hmm. And remember, it's just a working I do, title. too. It's just a word. It's probably yeah. going to end up being Kenobi or Obi-Wan. You know what I'm It's, it's going to be something like that. But yeah, uh, Pilgrim, yeah. that's that. I mean, it kind of gives uh, at one point. Weren't they talking that it was going to be uh, or maybe it was when it was an Obi-Wan film when they were talking? It was the working title was Joshua Tree. Really? I think well, it was Ew. way back when, when it was still rumored that uh, that he that they were going to do an Obi-Wan trilogy or an Obi-Wan film. 
and the working title was Joshua Tree. And I didn't know what a Joshua Tree was at the time. And I looked it up, and it's just a tree stand. It's a tree of life standing in the middle of a desert. And it's, also, it's also, wasn't it wasn't it a U two album too? Was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I think it was. I believe yes. so. Yeah, it was a U two album. I think you're right. Freaking Lucasfilm. Absolutely. Jeez. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's do a really weird um, transfer here and uh, move on to our... Weird segue, Mark. What? What is wrong? That's how we do a segue. Yes. That's how we do it here. Hey, have you guys uh, heard about that Leia to... chick? Yeah. How about that Leia chick? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know she's the one who really started making sure Luke stayed good side and couldn't be turned. That's just a segue guys. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he liked making out with his here, here, guys. I, I will segue it. No problem. We were talking about Vader okay. fighting Luke earlier. My favorite Vader right. quote of all time is when Luke is hiding underneath the platform that the emperor's throne is on and he's got his lightsaber mm-hmm. deactivated and Vader's walking around. He's like, you cannot hide forever. Luke. And he finally ends up saying, if you will not turn to the dark side, perhaps she will. And, and Luke loses his, his you know, mind and goes at him. Absolutely mm. awesome. Anyway, sorry. There, there we go. We, we brought up Leia. There we go. Our yeah. side going. Uh, anyway, uh, we are going to be continuing our look at the actually finishing up tonight. Our look at the women of Star Wars. And I only, as you heard already... Uh, we started with Ray, with Ray, and we are ending with the original Princess Leia Organa. Um, I mean, what else can you say about uh, feisty, opinionated, quick-witted, little rough around the edges? And that's not even talking about Carrie Fisher's character that she played on on camera. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad, bad. No, no, no. You're you completely right, though, because Carrie Fisher was she. She was on my bucket list to meet, and and oh. you know, and I'll never get that now. But she, that, that lady, anytime I, I've got her memoirs that she wrote, like the year before she passed away, the, the Princess Diarist, mm-hmm. and I read mm-hmm. through that, and she. The late, if you guys have not read that, you've got to go read that memoir. It is awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it talks mm-hmm. a lot about her production with the original Star Wars, her introduction to the character of Leia, uh, her affair with Han Solo is in there, or her affair with uh, Harrison Ford is in there uh, that they had during the filming of, of Episode Four. But she really does delve into the mm-hmm. character of Leia and kind of how she uh, molded that character. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of my other uh, regrets is because she was actually going to be appearing at a con that was like three three hours away from where I live. And I thought about going to it and I talked to, talked to my wife and talked to some other friends and just didn't have the money. Something fell through and... Of course, she passed away uh, later that same year. So mm-hmm. that was one of those ones that I just always kick myself because I had the opportunity and I didn't take it. Um, I, I'm, but I've got a follower of the Canon podcast. His name is Richard J. I think you've heard that name quite a bit, Mark. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he called me the night before we got to see episode nine because he got he lives in Wales over in the UK. So he got to see it before we did. And he called me on Messenger to kind of give me his non-spoiler thoughts on it and stuff and whatnot. And we were talking about Carrie Fisher. And he told me a story that I didn't know. Uh, He got to meet her at Celebration one year. And it was $250 to take a picture with her. And she Mm -hmm. was so pissed off that they were charging these people $250. That she left the, the photo booth and she went out on the floor and she told everybody, apparently it cost $250 for you to take a picture with me but it doesn't cost a damn thing for me to take a picture with you. And so she goes, wow. I want you to take selfies with me and I want you to post them to my tw- to Twitter and tag me in them so that I can see them later. So everybody was going around taking selfies with her and whatnot and for free. And, and, uh, oh. and, and everybody was having a blast with it. 
and my buddy Richard J, he he got his picture taken with her. Or he he took the he took the selfie and he said that uh, he was in the middle of trying to snap the picture and she grabbed him and pulled his face in and lip locked him. And he kind of got this like weird cockeyed picture where you can't see what's going on in it. And she kissed him like just full mouth, just boom. And and uh, he he told me he wishes he had that picture, but at the same time he's glad he doesn't because that was an experience that he didn't need a picture of because he had it in. Yes, memory. exactly. You know what I mean? But it's just wow. Yeah, but that, that to go. I'm trying to to kind of shine some light on who Carrie Fisher was and how she was with her fans. That's the way she was. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it's and there's so many, so many stories that you can hear and interviews. Um, one of my favorites is there's one of where she's being interviewed on. It's a UK uh, talk show called the Graham Norton Show. Yes. Yes. And it's her talking to. They're talking. It's her and um, Daisy Ridley, and she's talking about what Daisy has to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is hilarious. If you haven't seen it. Makes um, John Boyega throw up in his mouth a little bit. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's just say there was a, uh, some um, um, self-gratification mentioned um, <laughs> through it. Yeah, yes. We'll go, we'll go with that. That's fine. Yeah, it'll work. <laughs> let's, this this is a, uh, a, a, a PG ish show so we will leave it at that <laughs> um but i mean and you can't really i don't think it's really hard to differentiate the character of leia from the person of carrie fisher mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard i mean it's so hard to do it because I don't know. They just you see Carrie Fisher, and the first thing you know, you, most people say is like, "Oh, there's Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. you know, daughter of um, I, I, Debbie Jimmy Reynolds." Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I had a brain fart there for a minute. You know, it's oh, there's Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I saw Debbie Reynolds in um, Vegas. Saw her show mm-hmm. years and years ago. And the way she always segued into her show was, hi, I'm Debbie Reynolds. For the majority of of you out there in the audience, that means Princess Leia's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Because the audience was much younger than she was. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I had taken my grandmother gone with us and she just, you know, asked my grandmother's name. And so through the rest of the show, Debbie Reynolds was like, anytime she made a joke or told something about the past, she would look over and go, isn't that right, Bessie? to my grandmother and wow. you know it, I, I could see where Carrie Fisher got her sense of humor uh, her love of the crowd mm-hmm. you know the fans it, it was in her mom I mean, yeah it, it yeah. was just an amazing thing to see and, and I always got to remember that I'm, I'm, I'm Princess Leia's mom yeah you heard it here first, guys. They should have used a younger CGI version of Debbie Reynolds for Padme. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad back then. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It would have looked like a PlayStation 1. Yeah, yeah that rendering would not have been good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, Leia, you just broke the host. Leia, yeah, we yeah. just <laughs> Leia over the years though has gotten a lot of attention, especially you know over in this new canon stuff. You know, she's got her own novel now, um, mm-hmm. Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is a, an amazing novel. If you guys haven't read it, go check it out. Uh, written by Claudia Gray, which to me is the queen of canon. But anyway, um, uh, and, and in that book, Leia is sixteen years old, and matter of fact, it's her sixteenth birthday. And she hasn't appeared in Rebels yet. She has no clue that Bail Organa and Bria, her mother, are forming the Rebel Alliance, are Rebels. She has no idea. She's still a member of the Imperial Senate. And uh, in this novel, she finds out about Bail's activities and Brea's activities and just wants so bad to be a part of it. She just wants to stand up against the Empire. And, and they're telling her, no, you are entirely too young 
to get in, mixed up into this fight. Focus on grow, you know, on, on these tasks that you had. She had to do these tasks for sixteen to become the heir to the uh, throne of Alderaan. But uh, they were trying to tell her <coughs> to focus on that, and then she ends up uh, kind of going against their wishes and getting mixed up in it on her own anyway. But even at sixteen, she was feisty and and was just looking for a fight against the empire you know what i mean so i mean even at an early age uh she had that kind of reckless bravery about her you know that that only a skywalker could have yeah oh yeah i think it, you, it was interesting when you said that that she went against her you know parents wishes and got involved in on her own that that just seems like a very leia thing oh yeah and, ab- you know, and actually rebelling she- against the rebels oh yeah yeah absolutely and, and, and it's funny because she actually found out about it on the planet crate that base from mm. Last Jedi, that's where she goes, and she finds Bale there. Like, she's, she goes into the post thinking it's a rebel outpost, and there's nobody around. And all of a sudden, rebels come out of nowhere, and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not actually who you, I'm not an Imperial or anything. And then she turns around, and she, she hears this voice, Leia, what are you doing here? And she turns around, and Bale's standing there. Oh. And, and it's, that's how she, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. That book is so amazing. You guys have to go check that one out. And you want to talk about the ending line of a novel just punching you in the gut go read Mm. this one yeah wow all right that sounds like a trip (laughs) that does sorry i'll shut up (laughs) i have to go Um, (laughs) no i mean but i mean even from the very start of the first time that most of us are introduced to leia i mean you can tell right away it doesn't take very you know very long that this is someone that is not intimidated by anyone. I mean, she stands up right up to Vader and even has a little, little uh, comeback for him. I mean, just, you know, saying about, you know, um, that he's basically Tarkin's dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just someone that you tell, like, like I said, you see right away that she is not to be taken lightly and she does not, Ben Breaker fold for anyone. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. No, she even lies to his face, too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. She's, I mean, she's just, she doesn't care. It's just, if, no. If she lies and it works, cool. If not, well, I'm caught anyway. So, you know, it's. Yeah. It is what it is. What's. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you're just. She, she was never really the damsel in distress. No. And that's one thing I want to touch on is, and I've said this before in other episodes where we've touched on Leia, we've talked about Leia in the past, but she was the prototype for that strong female character mm-hmm. during that time. I mean, it was uh, people like her, um, Ripley from the alien movies, um, uh, I can't think of the character's name uh, from Halloween. You know, these very strong women. And Leia was really, I mean, in many ways, the prototype for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that you didn't need, you know, these. She didn't need to be rescued. She didn't need anyone. In fact, if anything, she ended up helping, you know, doing as much in the rescue as uh Han and Luke did. Mm-hmm. But you what's know, she funny was, is she was going to let them think she was the damsel in distress until she realized that they were not going to get out. Like yeah. that they had bought yeah, the entire incompetent. rescue. She's like, well, okay, never mind. I guess I'll just take over. From now All on, right. you'll listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I have to say, the look she gave when she delivered that line uh, <laughs> Carrie gave them was perfect. Could melt ice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it and was, my favorite, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, that even even when she was rescued, when she when she when she looks up and sees Luke in the in the stormtrooper outfit and goes, "Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like even when she's facing imminent death, she's still like, "Yeah, I don't." That that stormtrooper could have walked. That could have been a real stormtrooper, and she could have said that too. And they get all oh, screw you, you know, and and yeah. that I mean that was it, especially after all the torture she'd been through. And watching her planet explode, mm-hmm. she still had that snarky attitude. Just, and she even smiled when she said it. 
you know? I oh. Mean, it wasn't out of spite. It was just, she actually sits up and on yeah. little short for a stormtrooper. Oh. Yes. And what I, what I also appreciate about Leia the character is, you know, so many times in today, you know, and not to get too off the rails on this, but you have characters that, you know, different agendas that are pushed down, pushed and everything like that. We'll get into that, but Leia earned her position within the Rebellion not because of who she was, Mm -hmm. but because of what she did. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, well, we have to have a woman, woman, you know, general. So we're going to have this woman leader in here. No, she earned their respect. Mm -hmm. And you can see the scene that you can see that they earned their respect is in empire strikes back. That's that's when you really see that when you see when she's giving the orders to everyone standing around for the evacuation Right, there's a base and, commander, a full general who keeps deferring to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and just like you can see that they earned right. uh, that she had earned all of their respect, and I just really, really like uh, like that and appreciate appreciate that that you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time, she's also while she is you know the strong independent woman that. She can do it by herself. She also doesn't emasculate the men around her. Mm-hmm. You know, she gives them just as much credence, and you know, she might kind of quip every once in a while, but you know, she's she's just as much equal as they are, and they are just as much equal to her as she is to them. Well, the if that one, makes any sense, the only one she ever really quipped with was Han. I, I mean, yeah, she, and that was and that was for different reasons. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, obviously it was, but I mean it was it was he was the only one that could out of everybody in that rebellion. She always kept a smooth, a, a calm, or a, a, a level head, except when it came to Han. Han oh, was like yeah. her kryptonite. He was the one that could get under her skin, no matter how much armor she had on. Oh yeah. You know what yes. I mean, and and it, mm-hmm. it, it it didn't matter how strong of a facade she had on. I I wish there would have been. Look, they haven't done it in the comics yet, and I'm I'm hoping at some point they do. Where she's trying to give orders to the rebels, and Han just makes comments, and you can see her getting irritated and frustrated. I just I want to see it, you know. And, oh. and they've never done it, and she, he's the only one that ever got to her. Oh, yeah, and that was just a. Such a great relationship that they, especially in the original in the original trilogy, and it's sad that we didn't get to see more of that of that in the new movies. You know, because of course, sadly, Carrie Fisher passed, and Han decided that you know for, for you know for his own reasons that he got kind of wanted to not do the whole Star Wars thing again, but I would have loved to have seen more of that relationship in the new movies mm-hmm. between Han and Leia, because that was just such, such a fun relationship to watch. Just, mm-hmm. it was just fun to see them together. I just assume kiss a Wookiee. Oh, I could arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how Leia even turns it turns Han's own line back on him in Jedi mm-hmm. uh, with the I know I know yeah oh and he just the look he gives her like I know well and yeah it's just there's there's a new Star Wars run uh, the Star Wars comic started back over to issue one again. Uh, mm-hmm. And now it's taking place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It, it finally got butted yeah. up to Empire and it, and it crossed over. And in this comic, it's Han, obviously Han Solo's not in this comic. He's frozen in a block of carbonite, and, and Boba Fett has him trying to deliver him to, to Tatooine. But this mm-hmm. run is getting really, uh, really, what's the word I'm looking for? It's really delving deep into the actual psyche of the characters after their defeat in Episode mm-hmm. 5. And, you know, Luke dealing with mm-hmm. the revelation that Vader's his father and, and having his hand cut off and all this stuff. Leia is in anguish. Like, she is literally 
falling apart because she told Han, I love you. And all he said back was, I know. And she's like, I know. Who, who the hell says I know? <laughs> like She hates him for it. <laughs> but at the same time is just Uh-oh. madly in love with him. And it's it's absolutely yeah. hilarious to to I mean it's it's hilarious. I don't want to say it's funny to watch her suffer. It's not. It's 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 funny to watch her go from oh I love him. Oh screw that guy. Who's who does that? But, oh my god, I love it. Like back and forth. And it's it's really a, a I don't want to do it. I don't want to say character study, but I guess it is. We knew she went through all that, but we've never seen it in detail. And, and yeah. now we are seeing it, and it's it's amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, one other thing I would um, kind of hit on is as we kind of talk about her relationships with some of the some of the other other people in her life is uh, the kind of odd relationship she had with Luke. And I know this is something that you could probably touch on more, Brian, because you know you've read um, a lot more of the canon. Uh, books but you don't want to ride this pony bud because oh i know that you you do you go ahead i know where you're going with this but you're not gonna like the answer um (laughs) i'm sorry go ahead wow go ahead uh but just kind of you know like after that revelation of you know what you know where does she go from there and how does she process? First of all, how does she process the information that Vader is her dad, and how does she process the information that Luke is her brother? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is something that I mean. I know you could probably touch on more of that since you've read all read the. I haven't really had a chance to read a lot of the new canon stuff. So, um, I mean, what was like her mindset after after that? Well. First off, her and Luke did have kind of a weird relationship because Luke was, I mean, he's that young boy that got thrust into everything. Ooh, pretty girl paid attention to me and and just starts following around yeah. like, like a lost puppy dog. And throughout yeah. the, even throughout the comics, uh, that you can tell that there's there's something there between them. And it's, it's a little creepy because remember, these comics came out after we all knew that they were brother and sister. So they had to keep writing the comics like yeah. they didn't know. So it's it's kind of creepy, but even through some of the novels, Leia was getting jealous of Luke because he was talking to other female pilots. So mm. they, they've always had a really weird kind of relationship. But when she when Luke tells her when he drops that bombshell that, you know, my sister has it, you you know, remember, he dropped the bombshell that Vader was his father before he said she was his sister. So, yeah. So she was already dealing with the fact that, oh, my God, I cannot believe that Luke's father is Darth Vader, right? And he's like, no, there's more. Right. And, and it, you're not going to like, you're not going to want to hear this. And when he says, my sister has it, you. I think at that point, she completely forgot about the Vader thing for a second and was like, because she, remember, she sat there and she goes, I know. I've always known. I, I can't explain it, but I've always known. Yeah. And, you know, they have their whole conversation. And, and once he leaves to go confront Vader, before Han comes out, say, hey, what's going on? I think that was the moment that it, it hit her that, oh, 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 you know, you know that. Oh, that, oh, that Vader, are you kidding me? That creep, that that monster that blew up my home, my my home planet. Are you serious? That's my fa- I think that's when it hit her. And when Han mm-hmm. came out and said, hey, what's going on? And she's like, nothing. I just want to be alone for a while. And then they started to have their little spat. And he came back and said, you know, I'm sorry. And she hugged him. I think that was her mm-hmm. dealing with that fact that she wasn't, I don't think she was thinking of Luke anymore at that point. I think she was just, oh my God. She was dealing with the same revelation that Luke dealt with in Empire. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, and I, I think that's, you know, everyone kind of, and that's one thing I do want to get more into the, the canon. Unfortunately, I just haven't had, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of time and money has been tight, but um, to get back into the canon, to kind of delve into, like, these characters, and especially after, you know, Jedi, and to see, like, what their mindsets were as they move forward to try and, um, 
restart the, the republic again and um and one th- one thing another thing i've always been interested in is you know just her relationship with her adopted father obviously and bela organa and you know how much of him was in her mm-hmm. you know what part of what part you know, you hear the always nature versus nurture, and we can see the Skywalker in her. You know, we see, we see, we I think we see more, we see a lot more of Anakin in her, I think, than we do, mm-hmm. and even Luke. I think what I think what happened. I think was Bale took the good that she had, the good Skywalker that she had in her, and just yeah. added his twist to it to, and raised her to be you know brave and. And I don't want to say impulsive, mm-hmm. but just just have that courage on top of having the Skywalker bloodline. I think that was the winning combo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can see Luke. she had that. Because think about Luke. What's the first thing you hear Luke say? I was going to Tasha Station to pick up power converters. And, and Uncle Owen like oh. completely squashed that part of his life. And was like, no, you're yeah. not going to know anything about this. You're not going to know anything about that. You know, Don't worry about that old crazy bat that lives out in the desert. You don't want to talk to him at all. Like, just... Just just stay yeah. here and harvest water. Like, that's what you're going to do for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And he yeah. really wasn't harvested the way Leia was. And he was kind of thrust no. into it more than she was. Luke yeah. reminds as far as Luke and Anakin comparisons, um, <clears throat> Luke started off as Anakin episode one. Mm-hmm. You know, small kid, still kind of has the attitude. Uh, Luke's very whiny. Uh, both get thrust into this adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leia definitely is Anakin in episode two. Mm. Cocky, self-assured, mm-hmm. strong-willed. Uh, yeah. You know, she, and she keeps that. She doesn't yeah. use that. She actually uses it, molds it, and, and it becomes stronger in her as the years it, Yeah, it moves, from, it moves from cockiness to... Confidence. Self-assuredness, confidence, yeah, confidence, yeah, yeah. And there's there's a difference. There's mm-hmm. definitely is a difference between there's a difference between you know, being good I, at something and knowing you're good at something. Yeah, you right. Know. Yeah, and she knew she was good. Yeah, yep. So, um, wow. I. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you? I mean, let's just kind of. Um, as we start to kind of wrap things up here, just kind of give our our overall thoughts on on Leia. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Just kind of your overall thoughts on the character. Uh, Leia was, and and uh, she always will be, uh, the, like the pivotal role model uh, for for girls and and women out of star wars i mean that'll always be her you can add all the padmes and all the ahsokas and all the rays you want to it but leia will always be the one that that they always look at and go wow she was never damsel in distress she knew what she was doing she knew what she wanted she knew what she was after she did it she knows what she's fighting for and she doesn't give a damn what gets in the way of it um you know and 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 she was she was just so strong i mean even with uh with the, the, the revelation of the galaxy finding out who her father was, which actually did not happen until, I think, 25 years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, that mm. revelation hits the galaxy. Because the only people who knew up to that point were Han, Luke, and Leia. That was it. And uh, I think, well, obviously, Art too. Yeah. But uh, of living beings, yeah. they, were, they were the only three. And uh, when that revelation mm. comes out, that hits her in a way that it really makes her rethink a lot of stuff in her life and... And whatnot, but she still stayed true to the path that she'd been on, you know, all these years, and and uh, I think honestly it made her stronger in the end. One thing that I, I I was just thinking about this that really to me epitomizes Leia is that she cared is the fact, and this just goes to her character that by the time we see her in Force Awakens. She's no longer going by Princess Leia. She's General Organa. Mm-hmm. That she cares more about titles that she earned than ones that she got through birth. You know, I never or thought through of it that way. Who she, you know, that 
Yeah, Princess was who she was because of who her father was. Mm-hmm. That wasn't something, that wasn't a title that she earned. That was something she got because of she was the daughter of of Baylor Organa and you know her her mother, her adopted parents. Mm-hmm. She earned the title general. And that title was more important to her than her hered her quote unquote hereditary title. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to me to show you her her mindset and her state of mind and what you know how she viewed the world that she cared more about what you earned than what you just got because you were handed to handed it to to you. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. You're right. And, and I think, and this is just speculation, but I think of the two of them, she would have been the one more likely, unfortunately, I think to fall to the dark side because she had that rebellious spirit. She had that kind of, I don't want to say anger in her, but she did have that kind of aggressiveness in her. Mm-hmm. And I think she would have been one that might have been easily more easily swayed had the opportunity come. You know, that there's a reason why Luke was the one that was chosen to lead instead, you know, to kind of be the, the next Jedi instead of Leia initially. Well, Is I think maybe they were worried because of her impulsiveness. And Luke had that impulsiveness too, but because of her kind of grittiness and the way she kind of went that she might be more likely to fall than Luke was because Luke was so, because he, she had a lot of hatred in her. She had to have had all of hatred for Vader and for the emperor and for the empire. Mm -hmm. Whereas Luke was like, yeah, he said, yeah, I hate the empire, but being on the outer rim, he was just kind of away from all of it, you know? So, I mean, that's just my kind of, my kind of thoughts right there, but right. you know, um, but Joe, what about you? What are your kind of final thoughts on Princess Leia? I'm going to say, um, extremely strong role model and, mm-hmm. and not just for, for women, for anybody. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if Brian's where I originally saw this in 77 when it was just Star Wars. I'm so jealous. And I was just like, yeah, and I was just, uh, oh, stood in the long line day one, the whole thing. My parents got to go to the uh, premiere they did here in Modesto since it was George, George Lucas's hometown. Uh, so they got to go to do the black tie event. That was, ugh. yeah, I was jealous of that. Um, but. You know, every one of us came out of that theater with a crush on Leia. Oh, period. Um, and we followed everything she did. Uh, once I became a big Empire supporter, I was a little disappointed at the end of Jedi. She just didn't declare herself Empress. Oh, what a waste. Um, you know, she could have saved the Empire and the universe right then mm-hmm. by being a wholesome, good, dark-sided mm-hmm. leader. I mean... Um, down the middle of the road leader <laughs> and, and, and the, the galaxy would have worshipped her God. which you know was only her due lead through peace but have to do what you have to do when it comes down to it exactly yeah. that's all the empire ever did yeah I mean they, they oh peace and order I, I can oh. see Leia being like Kylo in the empire like like but like like I, I don't like Lady Vader. Polar, though. Like have like have her be like kind and loving to the people she wants to nurture in the Empire. And as soon as somebody comes up and's like, "So we were unable to acquire the droid," and just like completely just hack them, like and then turn back around and be completely kind to the person she was talking to. I could totally see it. Yeah, that would just be awesome. Yes. <laughs> I, I I think I've got somebody cracking up back yes. there. Yes, you do. You do. You, you, once again, you broke the host. Wow. Yes. Yay for me. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight thinking about that now. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, she could have. She really in, in, I believe in one of the Legends books, she was basically offered that. Mm, um, I one of the think, ones very shortly after Empire. I she was, think you're right. She, she refused. She was offered to be royalty, rule mm-hmm. over the galaxy. Instead, mm-hmm. she declared a republic and 
basically became the like its first president or leader kind of a thing for a short time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Empress would have been a much better title. Uh, Beats the hell out of Princess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and that yeah. would be one she earned on her own. See, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, my God. Oh. Anyway, um, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight um, here on War of the Stars. Uh, before we go, um, and my mind just went blank here for a second. <laughs> uh, well, I'm thinking that, uh, Brian, why don't you tell the fine folks where they can find you at on the interwebs? On the interwebs. Okay, you guys can find me on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where there's podcasts, I guess you could say. Uh, you can find the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm coming out with episodes on uh, those platforms uh, every Saturday night, and the video version will follow on Sunday night on YouTube uh, and Facebook. Make sure to check that out. We're gonna be, uh, I'm going to be covering uh, everything that's Canon-related. I'm actually starting a new segment in my podcast now, just Canon Spotlight, and we're going to go back and, and, and review story arcs. So, you know, five, six-issue runs of comics and whatnot, and actually sit down and analyze it as an actual story beginning to end. Um, also keep in mind, uh, I'm going to be releasing very, very soon. I'm almost done with it. The, uh, the first all, uh, one-stop shop for all things Star Wars Canon is the Star Wars Canon podcast mobile app. Uh, it's going to have the podcast on there, the YouTube channel, the entire Canon timeline, uh, broken down by, by a story arc. It's going to have a community page where you can post pictures of what you're reading, your reviews, stuff like that. Uh, and then there's going to be tabs for every single piece of canon with links where you can go to purchase it or download it directly to your phone right there in the app. So keep an eye out for that. Very cool. Very cool. And Joe, where can people find you? Well, they can find me, of course, right here at War of the Stars or uh, Facebook, Joe Cahill, director, producer, or as Steamhouse Entertainment, also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, anything like that, Twitter, and uh also, you can check me out on IMDb under Joe Cahill and uh, see what projects I've got going on or coming up. Awesome. Awesome. Of course, you can find us right here every week at War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us again wherever fine podcasts are heard. Anchor.fm, Spotify. Uh, I don't believe we're on Apple podcast yet. Um but we are pretty much anywhere else where you can find podcast at. You can find us. Um, if you want to email us, you can do so by emailing us at waroftheSars1 at gmail.com. Um, Facebook War of the Stars. We have a Star Wars, we have a War of the Stars page and a fan group. Um, so uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of just different polls and stuff like that on there. So keep an eye out on that Twitter war of the stars uh, at, at war of the stars and on Instagram at war of the stars one. Also, if you want to support us, a couple ways you can do that. First is on anchor.fm. There is a support tab. You can click that and just um, support us that way. And we also do have a Patreon page patreon.com backslash war of the stars um and that is about it so as always remember this isn't just my star wars this isn't just your star wars this is our star wars until next time may the force be with you